Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. You're listening to episode 122 of Process to Profitability. I'm talking with Andrea Jones about creating a social media plan that attracts and converts your dream clients. Today, Andrea is going to share with us about the biggest struggle she sees business owners having on social media and the foundation you need to have in place if you want to bring in clients from your social media platforms. We also talk about the five content pillars that you need to be sharing, and she gets into some details about each to really help you share your work and engage with people on social. Andrea Jones is fiercely committed to helping businesses and podcasters build profitable online communities through simple social media solutions. She's the host of the Savvy Social Podcast, creator of the Savvy Social School, a digital platform designed to teach its 100 plus members, predominantly small business owners, how to implement organic social media strategies, and has been named one of Social Report's top marketers to follow. If you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That's the best way to help other people find the show. Hi, Andrea. Thanks for joining me. Thanks so much for inviting me on the show. So I know we've talked before, but can you remind everybody who you are, where you're from, and what it is that you do? Yes. So my name is Andrea Jones. I'm a social media strategist. Um, And what that means is essentially I look at all of the social media platforms strategically for my clients, help them build out strategies that work for their business. And uh, I have a team that supports implementation as well. So they do a lot of the content creation and day-to-day management of social media. And I am from Atlanta originally, and I now live in Niagara Falls, Canada. All right. So how did you get started in business? And I'd love to hear a little bit about how you've grown your team to do part of this work for you. Yes. So I started the business in 2014, and part of it was that move from Atlanta to Niagara Falls, uh, totally different countries. And I met my husband, we fell in love, we got married, and I needed a job that I could do no matter which country I was living in. And I was in the process of getting my citizenship. Um, So prior to that, I worked in hospitality and was a manager at a spa chain. And by that, being the youngest person on the team, they put me in charge of social media. (laughs) I was doing it on the side for some of uh, my friends and family as well. Uh, Like I had a friend who was a gospel singer and I was managing his Facebook page at the time. Um, And so it was little things like that that clued me into starting uh, as a freelancer. And when I first started, I was doing literally everything under the sun because I have a degree in English literature. So I was doing a lot of writing and things like that. But I really found a space in social media, one, because it was it's repeatable. It never stops. It never sleeps. People need it every single day, every month. Um, But two, I actually enjoy social media. I like the fast-paced nature of it, um, but I also like that you can find your people online. Um, And actually, (laughs) that's how I met my husband was through YouTube. So 
I, I personally just love it. Um, and then when it comes to growing the business, I naturally that first year I was doing all of the things, like I said, I was doing social media specifically after a few months, but I found that because social media never stops, I could not take time off. I remember my husband and I planning a trip, a vacation, and I could not relax because I was so anxious that something was going to happen. And um, it was all on me because I was doing everything. And so that's when I decided to hire my first team member, who's amazing. She still works with me today. She's a senior account manager now, actually. But that first team member really opened up my eyes to the possibility of having other people do this work. And so I feel like I spent the last, I don't know, five years or so trying to figure this thing out. And I will tell you, I do not have it figured out, but I do have a team of 10 and we do the work for our clients. And in the early days of building the business, my challenge was, you know, getting clients and figuring the whole social media thing out. Now my challenge is leading the team and hiring and managing people. And so it's like a totally different challenge these days. Um, and, and my kind of job description changes a lot. But yeah, this, this building a team thing is an ongoing process that I am definitely still learning. I remember those first couple of months in my own business where I felt like I couldn't turn it off on vacation because you're so afraid you're going to miss something or mess something up. So I love that you have built a team that's allowed you to step away and to really trust them to run things when you need them to. I think that is something a lot of people are trying to work towards. And it sounds like you have built a team that really accomplishes that and you are able to manage it instead of sitting there trying to like micromanage all the details of the business. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, I mean, it's a constant learning challenge. Um, I like to say that having a business is the biggest lesson in personal development that you'll ever take. It's better than any book, better than any coach. <laughs> um, you learn so much about yourself and you grow so much as a person. I'm, I'm such a different business owner today than I was seven plus years ago. So today we are specifically talking about creating a social media plan and I want to start by talking about the biggest struggle you see business owners having with social media. Yeah. You know, social media is so external that a lot of business owners struggle with comparing themselves to other people. And actually, a lot of the challenges with being on social media is this comparisonitis. It's, it's that we feel like, as business owners, we should be a lot farther along, or our posts should look more professional, or they should sound more professional. Um, and honestly, it's a practice just like anything else. You know, I, I talked about um, just a moment ago about how I'm learning how to be a leader. Um, you don't just wake up day one and you've got all of the skills. It's an ongoing process. Another analogy for this would be learning how to do yoga. I am in practicing now and 
you know, when you go to your first yoga class, you're not going to know what any of the words mean. You're not going to know what any of the poses are. It's going to be a big challenge for you. And how you get better is by practicing. And so one of the biggest struggles that I see business owners have is comparing themselves to someone who's a lot further in their journey. And so they feel like they should be farther and they stop practicing. And because they're not actively improving that skill, they're not growing. And then they feel like social media isn't for them and isn't working for them. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that is true for so many pieces of business. And like you said earlier, social media is always changing. It's always going. And so it feels very overwhelming to get started especially if you're comparing yourself to somebody who's been doing it for a while or somebody who has a team to help them and you are trying to do all of those things on your own. Yeah, there are people out there who have teams of people running their social media and you're trying to do that as a business owner and run your business. And so I do think it is challenging for a lot of us and um, this whole new way of marketing now. Um, and I, and what I encourage everyone to do if you're listening to this is to figure out where you are now. And um, I'll use another analogy. I love analogies, but it's, it's very similar to like going to the gym and working out let's say you want to lift a hundred pound weights. You don't start off with the hundred pound weights. You start off with maybe five or 10 pounds, right? So in relation to social media, figure out what that five or 10 pound version of your strategy is because you've got to start there and then you can build up. So talking about that really building up from a foundation, what are those basic foundational things people should have in place when they're getting started on social media or if they've been trying it for a while and they really want to get strategic with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I like to break this down into three core concepts when it comes to building out your social media strategy. It's really that foundation, like you said, of of strategy. Um, And it goes beyond just posting something. Um, So we want to start with first our messaging. The messaging is the words that we say on social media. This is how people understand what it is we do and how it helps them. And so when you're thinking about your messaging, you want to think about feelings. And I talk about feelings a lot because we're humans. And as much as we try to imagine logical situations, we all make decisions based off of feelings. (laughs) Um, And so when you think about your messaging, think about the feelings that people will have before your offer and the feelings they will have after experiencing your offer. So if you are a graphic designer. It's thinking about before maybe they feel like their branding isn't put together. They And then after they feel like they have something they could be proud of. That's a feeling. You could talk about colors and fonts and things like that, but it's a feeling at the end of the day. Um, another example would be if you are a yoga instructor, you could talk about you know a specific type of class, but really before class, you're going to feel maybe like you can't do it and then come to my class and afterwards you'll feel amazing, you'll feel relaxed, you'll feel stretched out. All of those things are feelings. So when you're thinking about your messaging, you want to focus on the feelings and and try to think of that before and after transformation. And I recommend brainstorming a bunch of these. So 
no judgment, set a timer for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and just start brainstorming all of the feelings. And that will become the basis of your social media posts. So that's the first part of this foundational framework, this approach to social media is the messaging piece. Um, The second piece is authority building content. And I want to focus on the authority piece because you want people to recognize that what you say matters. Um, And the way that they do that is through messaging. And the way that they can really connect with that is through your own personal preference. So I think oftentimes as business owners, we feel like we should be doing a lot of things when it comes to social media. But I really encourage you to tap into your personal preference. So an example would be I like talking. (laughs) So I like being on podcasts like this. I like doing live videos or any video in general. And I like doing stories and Instagram reels and things like that. That's my preference. If you ask me to sit down and write a caption, it will take me all day. So when you think about your authority, you're taking that messaging that you developed and amplifying it through your preference. I have the opposite is true for a lot of people who won't want to show their face on video. They don't want to even have photos of themselves. So their preference is through written word. And so that's how you're going to show your authority. And then the third piece of this framework is impact. So we have our messaging where we're putting ourselves out there. And then now we need to create impact. And impact is something that is something you cannot uh, manufacture it. Um, But you can show up with that authority. And so what that means in like, practical terms is getting out there and networking with people, collaborating with other people, participating in your communities on social media. And it depends on the platform. Um, But an example would be on Instagram. Maybe it's going to someone who is well-known in your space, go to their most recent post and see how you can contribute to the conversation. Either it's contributing to their post specifically or responding to someone else's comments. And again, it can't be fake or false or manufactured, it has to come from a genuine place. And it's those types of conversations that really create impact and help people discover you and what you do. I love that advice. I particularly love that you want people to find the thing that they're comfortable with, um, whether that's writing captions or being on video. So many times we hear we have to do Instagram reels or the only thing that works are stories, but it's much more approachable if you can do social media in a way that feels comfortable for you and not like you're having to show up every day doing something you actually dislike or that you're nervous about because you're less likely to, to do it and to come across as authentic. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it goes back to those feelings that we all feel as humans, even though we're business owners and we're leaders. Even if I told you today, LinkedIn is the best, absolute best platform for you. Go live on LinkedIn every day. If you think about that and you go, that sounds awful. I will never do that. You won't ever do it. And you kind of have to figure out what works for you so that you can commit to it and stick with it consistently. Part of what it takes to run a successful online business is having the right tools for the job. I'm sharing a list of all of the tools I use in my business in my toolbox, and you can find that at lemonandthesea.com my-toolbox to download it now. These include tools that I use for podcasting, designing, 
running my business, and other things so you can get a real inside look at everything that I use every day in order to serve my clients well and grow my business. Again, you can find that at lemonandthesea.com slash my-toolbox. I would love to learn more about the types of content we should be sharing on social media. I think we get a lot of advice and we see people doing this differently, but what do you recommend people share to build that authority and build connection with their audience? Yes. So there's five different types of content, um, almost like content buckets. I like to call them content pillars. Um, that really are applicable to any sort of business. So the first one is promotional content. And this is something that's directly promoting your offer, your service, or your product, but it also can promote that next step. So the next step is that you can call it a sales funnel, a lead magnet, a free consultation call, whatever it is, it's that um, indicator of interest. So someone has said, hmm, I could potentially want to work with you or buy your thing. So when you're thinking about promotional posts on social media, try to think about what's the next step someone needs to take to work with you. Because sometimes promoting that direct last step is too much of an ask for the nature of social media. It's very fast paced. It's very casual. It's almost like going into Starbucks and and going up to someone and going, will you marry me? It's a bit, you know, a bit forward. (laughs) So you want to kind of start with the next step, maybe like, hey, I think you're cute. Here's my number kind of thing. Okay. So promotional content is that first type of content. The second type is educational content. And this is something that teaches something to your audience, teaches a specific thing. And a lot of my students and clients get stuck sometimes with educational content because you have so much innate uh, natural ability that you think, oh, everyone knows this. Everyone knows how to do this. And trust me, they don't. So start talking about what you do from an educated, um, an educational perspective, and you'll be amazed by how many people resonate with and connect with the things that you do. An example would be, I recently posted on on Instagram, an Instagram reel, actually, it was a video for how to go to LinkedIn and um, have your name, you can have your name pronounced on your profile. So uh, a lot of people for me, for instance, say Andrea, which is fine, but it's actually Andrea. So on LinkedIn, I can go and say what my name sounds like. Anyways, I, I thought everyone who had to do this, I posted it on LinkedIn or and on Instagram and people were like amazed that this was even an option. So it's little <laughs> things like that <laughs> that can really help educate your audience. Um, so we've got promotional, we've got educational. The third type of content is community content and this is uh, different from educational in that it may be it may not be something that you're teaching specifically, but it's things that are happening in your community or in your industry. So news articles works great here, depending on what kind of content you talk about, any updates in the industry, any tools or tech that you use, things that show that hey, there is other people, there are other people talking about this. There's more than just me. 
The fourth type of content is entertaining content. And this is important because we don't all log on to social media to get sold something. But as business owners, sometimes we struggle with the entertainment piece of it. How do we bring personality? And so there are two things that I recommend. The first is start showcasing behind the scenes. Think about your entertainment as reality TV. What's happening in your business? What's happening today? Um, share some of the behind the scenes things. What does your desk look like? Who are the people on your team? Um, who are your clients? Those sorts of things. Um, the second type of entertainment content is um, our memes, basically. Uh, GIFs, memes, things that are funny and relatable. I like to call this the I feel seen type of content where someone sees it and they go, oh, this person gets where I'm coming from. Um, and so that could be really helpful for connecting with your audience. And then the last type of content is engagement content. So um, the purpose of this content piece is to get people to like, comment, share, engage with your post in some way. So quotes or impactful statements, questions, polls, things that really encourage conversation. And it really helps the algorithm kind of gives it signal to the algorithm that, hey, people are interested in what you have to say, but it also pulls your community in. So they're no longer just being a, a viewer of your post. They're a participant in the community. Now, you can combine these. So oftentimes, entertaining and engaging content can be combined or educational and promotional content can be combined. Um, so really try to play around with it and figure out what works for you. But you do want to make sure that it's not all promoting. You don't want every single content piece to promote something uh, because that isn't really the nature of social media. Thanks for sharing those. I want to dive into a couple of them. Um, we're kind of going to do them out of order, but I wanted to comment on the entertainment one because I've found for myself, a lot of times these are the posts that I get to know somebody on. So there are a couple of photographers, Caitlin James and Amy and Jordan, who share a lot of stories with their kids and their family, and they're also sharing their work, but you get to see them living life and really engage with those things. And I think, you know, that's a way they've decided to do it. It doesn't work for everybody, but those in a lot of ways are the posts that people come back to see are those engaging posts that then get them more connected to your business. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think it is a matter of personal preference, which I'm glad that you tapped into that because um, that's that's a question, right? How much of my life do I show online? And it, it is a matter of personal preference. And I will say I'm a very, I'm actually quite introverted. I, I get very exhausted talking to a lot of people, like big groups of people or going to like in-person events and things, which is why I think an online business works for me as a total side note. Um, but I don't share a lot of my personal life on social media anymore. I used to, um, but I have found that it doesn't work for me. I don't like people knowing all of the details. So how I get around this idea of sharing stories is I use things in my life to as illustrations. An example would be, I could say that I am practicing yoga and I can tie that into a story about how practice is great for social media. So maybe I'm 
using a picture of me doing yoga as a way to illustrate that point, but I'm not giving all of the details of where I go to yoga, what time I do it. Nobody needs to know all of that. For me personally, that's my line. Same thing with my family. I don't talk a lot about them. Um, I'm very respectful of photos that I post online of my family. I ask permission first and get consent first because that's also a blurry line. But my dogs, I post a lot, especially my dog Gibson. He's always behind me on, on a chair behind me in my office. People know him. My clients expect to see him. My students expect to see him. And so he's almost a, a little bit of a part of the brand. So that's a way that I get around sharing personal details is I kind of use my dog Gibson as a, a lens into my life without sharing all of the details of the things that are happening in my life. Right. That makes sense. And I think it really is a personal preference. I talked to somebody who they don't share a lot of stuff about their families, but they share about the plants that they grow. And it's just another way to connect with people and show people that you are a real person beyond your business. Yeah, absolutely. So the next thing I wanted to talk a little bit more about was engagement. I think these are posts people struggle with. They don't know what they should be sharing or what kind of questions to be asking to really get responses. So can you share a little bit about what you found that works here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and this is where the practice comes into. I'll just say this before I talk into the, the types of posts. Um, we are all scared of posting a question and nobody responding. It is like a legit fear we all have. <laughs> and it has happened to everyone. Every single person who's posted to social media has had a post where they ask a question and zero people respond. So know that you're not alone in this and it is practice. You can't be embarrassed about being at five pound weights when you're working up to a hundred pounds. This is you practicing. So don't be afraid of that at all. Keep going. Okay. So let's talk about the types of engagement. So I really like polls. So I'm thinking about like A, B, C, D, give them an option. It's a great place to start because it's a little bit of a softball. So I'll, I'll use a sillier example because this is just what popped into my head. Um, what's your favorite season? Is it A, spring, B, summer, D, fall, C, or whatever number I was on, letter I was on, winter. So what people, what will happen is people will go into the comments and say, oh, I love summer. I love fall. And it's really easy for them to identify which ones they like. And then you'll also have the rebels who will be in the comments like, I like none of them or all of them, whatever. <laughs> um, so you're really encouraging conversation in a lighthearted way by using a poll as a question on social media. So that's typically the best place to start when it comes to questions. Now, you, there's so many other ways you can encourage engagement as well. Um, questions tend to be the easiest. You can also ask or start com conversation using controversy. And this has become even more impactful in the past 12 months in just the world that we live in, there are some polarizing ideas out there. Um, people are taking a stand for things that they believe in. And so depending on your brand, if that works for you, you can start incorporating some of those values into your posts as well. And typically those can spark engagement as well. 
especially calling in the right people. So I think as business owners, we sometimes shy away from this because we don't want to be canceled or anything like that. But really what happens is you call in your people who are like, yes, I believe this and I stand with you on this. And so that could be very um, interesting for your brand as well. It's a matter of preference. Um, I personally, on my accounts, I don't really post a lot of like, controversial or political things. Just my preference. Um, So it it depends on your preference as well. That could work. Um, The last way I I will say um, to do this, and I'm going to use Instagram as an example, because I'm going to guess a lot of you listening are on Instagram, um, is to use carousel posts. Now, with carousel posts, the engagement is people swiping through the posts. Instagram likes that a lot. So if you have a really interesting topic, maybe you can combine this education and engagement and have people swipe through. And then the key for this one is on the very last, essentially, page of your slide deck there. Um, You can either ask a question or ask them to save that post. And saving a post is also engagement as well. Either save it or share it with a friend. And so those two asks are really powerful for encouraging engagement. Um, So that's another way to kind of slip in some engagement style content and maybe mix it in with an educational or community or entertainment style content as well. Perfect. Those are great ideas. I actually didn't know... I should have known that Instagram tracks swiping through carousel posts. So I like that idea for people. And it might not be something they knew was kind of a way that Instagram knows people are engaging. All right. So I want to talk about some promotional stuff. It was your first pillar, but I think this too is a difficult one for some people. They are afraid to talk about what they do, or they don't want to do it very often. So how do you recommend that business owners promote their work on social media? Yes. So go back to that brainstorming doc we talked about. That will really help you for promoting your content. Uh, But I also want to give you a formula for writing that caption because typically that's where we get stuck. We want to say, I don't know about you, but I I just want to be like, can you buy this, please? (laughs) Like. I think we all feel like that sometimes. Like, it's here. I worked really hard on it. Just just buy it. Um, but that doesn't work for a lot of people. And again, it's similar to, you know, going up to someone in Starbucks and saying, can you marry me? A little bit forward. So I want you to use this formula. It's called the ABCs of writing a caption, a promotional caption specifically. So the A is attention, and you really want to draw their attention in with some sort of statement, especially if you've done your brainstorming, you know how they're feeling about before, try to put that in this statement, right? So if you're a virtual assistant, maybe it could be something like, uh, raise your hand if your inbox has over a thousand unread emails in it. That's very specific feeling. I know I would feel called out by that personally. (laughs) And so if that's a service you offer, I would probably keep reading because I go, oh, yes, this is a problem that I have. It's a feeling. I feel shame about it. I want to learn more. The other thing with that attention grabbing statement is 
a lot of the social platforms actually like truncate the caption. So there's this read more or see more button that people have to push to actually read the rest of the caption. So it's important that you have that attention grabbing statement so that they do actually click read more or see more to read the rest of what you have to say. So A is attention, grab their attention in some way, slow them down from scrolling. B are benefits. So we want to add in benefit statements to what your offer is. So if you raised your hand because you have over a thousand unread emails in your inbox, don't worry, I've got you covered. I want to help you finally feel calm about not having to answer all of those emails. I want you to feel accomplished. I want you to feel successful. I want you to have someone who's got your back, right? And again, notice those are all feelings. I'm not getting into the technical side. I could talk about, you know, if you're a VA who does this, I don't know what tools you use for this, but you could talk about like a tool that you use. You could talk about the way that you do it. But honestly, if someone's in that spot, someone like me who's in that spot. I don't want to hear about that. That sounds like more work to me. (laughs) So focus in on the feelings. And again, this is the transformation of the after, after you've, um, after they've worked with you. So A is attention, B is benefits, and then C is your call to action. And you want to make this super crystal clear because you're on social media. There's hundreds of thousands of other posts around this. They just saw like their aunts, moms, dogs, baby. And then they also, then they're seeing your post. So think about it in that context, but think about the call to action being that next step. So if this is you, let's hop on a call to talk about this. Or if you want support with this, here is a easy way to get started or whatever your next step is, one step towards working with you. Um, And so that's what you put in the call to action. Be very clear. I get this a lot with um, podcasters who promote their episodes as well. Sometimes we don't clearly explain how to listen to the episode um, because we think every, we just assume everyone knows and they don't. I don't even remember what I saw on social media yesterday. Um, So be crystal clear about it, how they can find it, where do they go, where do they click? And then um, that will round out your posts for those people, make it super easy for them. So A, attention, B, benefits, C, call to action. Thanks for sharing those. I would love for you to briefly talk about how we balance these five pillars of content to grow our audience and engage with the people who are following, especially if it feels overwhelming to get started. Yeah. So um, take the five pillars and assign them each to a day. Uh, that's usually a best place to start. But again, try to remember you're at five pounds. So you may not get to all of them at first. Um, give yourself a one hour time limit and then practice and work up from there. And you'll eventually be able to write those five posts within that hour. But when you first start, you may only get a a one post out. That's okay. I think that's a great way to start that is give yourself a time frame, work on it and just build up as you learn how to do it. It'll be a lot faster. So if our goal with social media is ultimately to bring in new clients, what is the best way to reach out with somebody once we've connected and kind of move them onto the next step or see if they would be a good fit if we can help them with something? 
Yeah. So this one is a bit trickier and I don't have any formulas because it's <laughs> a lot like relationships. Honestly, it, it's very much like, like dating or relation or friend relationships. You can't really say how many times do I see a friend before, you know, we go on a trip together or something, you know, um, you kind of have to feel it out and sometimes it goes nowhere and sometimes it does. So you really just have to start conversations and see where they go. And don't be that weird friend who, you know, wants to text 24 hours a day because everyone has lives and, or don't be that, you know, that, um, show you that creepy guy who like tries to orchestrate the whole relationship. Don't, don't be like that either. Um, a lot of this just happens naturally and organically. The key here is consistency. Keep showing up, keep talking about what you do in your posts and keep connecting with people and having conversations. I think that makes a lot of sense. I know we've probably all experienced to the people who connect with you one time and then jump into your DMs to try to sell you a product. And that's not really going to help you. It's not how you want to engage. But I think if we can show up and give the education, give the entertainment, and then build the relationship a little at a time, you know, just commenting back on their posts and making sure we are clear that we see them and we want to have a relationship, then it's a lot easier to kind of get to the next step. Yeah, absolutely. And I know for me, the best way to do this is actually with collaboration partners. So instead of going directly for my ideal client, I try to find other people who are authorities in this space to see how we can collaborate. To me, that's a bit of a softer sell. It's almost like um, if I'm going to use this dating analogy again, it's almost like a friend going, oh, you should go on a date with so-and-so. You know what I mean? It's it's a little less, you know, aggressive. And so that that has worked the best for me is like showing up on podcasts like this one and, you know, just like speaking in front of other audiences. Um, and, and those relationships are built on social media. That's how I can, you know, be on amazing shows like this one. Right. Okay. So do you have any advice... Um, for people who are trying to figure out where to start, which platforms to choose. I know we talked earlier about, you know, showing up in a way that you're comfortable with. So do you have any specifics on maybe what people should get started with depending on what type of business they're in? So I do recommend picking one. Don't try to pick more than one. Again, five pound weights here. <laughs> we can always add on others later. Um, and But as far as to choosing the one, um, I'll give you just kind of like some general directive. You may have to try a few, like give yourself a trial week or so to figure it out uh, to see which one you like. Now, Instagram is the most popular one for business owners currently in the sense that it's great for growing growth and networking. Um, Facebook still remains the most used platform to date, but it's really hard to get started there as a business owner. So a lot of the business owners I work with start with Instagram um, because Instagram has like six different platforms in one. Basically, you could post to your feed, you could post to the stories, you could do video on IGTV or live, you could do reels. They now have Instagram guides. So there's a lot of possibility on that one platform. Um, so that's typically what I recommend, um, especially for the networking piece. It's great. 
But if you don't like Instagram, it's a very visual platform. And let's say you're maybe not as visual of a brand. Um, Two other platforms I recommend are LinkedIn or Twitter. So on LinkedIn, if you, especially if you're a business for other businesses, it's such a rich and growing platform. You don't have to post as frequently, which is great. Um, So you can get away with fewer, um, like creating fewer content pieces and the search uh, capacity on that platform is great as well. Uh, but it's just like any other in the sense that you want to create the content, have an optimized platform and start networking with other people. Um, it is a little bit less, I don't know if creative is the right word. It's a little bit more buttoned up than the other platforms. Um, but if you're another business, it could be great for you. And then Twitter is great for conversation. Short, simple text-based conversations work best on that platform. If you are an influencer or an activist or something like that, you have you you create and facilitate conversations. Twitter is a great platform for that as well. All right. I actually have a client who has built her business mostly through LinkedIn. So it can definitely work for people. It's not something I think a lot of people gravitate towards right away, but depending on your business, it can be a very powerful platform. Absolutely. And I I think people uh, almost discredit it because it started off as basically a resume. (laughs) Like you put your resume there to get jobs, Uh, but it's really developed over the years into quite the connection tool. So highly recommend it. All right. So as we wrap up talking about social media, I would love if you have any tools that you recommend um, for people who are planning and sharing on social media that might help them to get started. Yes. So my favorite planning tool for content planning and organizing is Airtable. I love using Airtable to organize content. Um, I've got a few videos on my YouTube channel showing how I do this. Uh, But essentially, you can take your little buckets, you can color code things, your different pillars, you can take your marketing messaging into there, and you can put it all into a calendar um, as well. So I really love that tool. Also, uh, for um, kind of publishing and reporting, I use a tool called Fan Booster, which uh, especially the reporting piece of it helps me understand the the success of each post and the success of the platforms uh, as a whole. And then I can auto auto post some some content as well. So I plan it in Airtable and then and then put it in Fan Booster for kind of like posting to the various outlets. And the other tool that I'm loving right now, as I mentioned, I love video. And I'm exploring live streaming uh, quite a bit more now. And I like Restream. It's a tool that lets you stream to multiple platforms at the same time. Um, so for me, I really like to get the most out of my content. Um, so I can stream to YouTube and Facebook and LinkedIn all at the same time. And it really helps to kind of maximize my reach and my audience and that sort of thing. So those are the tools that I'm loving right now. I will link to all those in the show notes so people can check them out. I actually have never used Airtable, but I know a lot of people really enjoy it. Oh, yes. My friend Lainey got me on this uh, in 2018, I think I want to say, and changed my life, like literally changed how I even all of my client work is on Airtable. Like I'm obsessed with this tool. So (laughs) highly recommend. (laughs) All right. 
as we wrap up today, I want to know if there was one thing that you could recommend to a friend right now, what would it be? Um, to turn off your social media notifications. So I think that's part of the reason why we feel so overwhelmed, like as business owners, <laughs> because we feel like we have to be like, quote unquote, on all the time. And that's, to, for me, it's been like a game changer because I, even though I love social media, I was starting to feel resentful. And you don't want to have that energy when you're going in and trying to network with people and build your your brand and your business. And so I turn off all of the notifications and then I just I use a task management tool called Asana and I just put a little task that's like check Instagram, check Facebook, whatever. Um, and then that helps me stay on track because I love checking things off. Um, but then I'm I'm not in my my social media accounts um, all day, especially on the weekends. I just I, I have to disconnect, especially as an introvert. These strategies can be very exhausting for me. So from one friend to another, please turn off your notifications and thank me later. <laughs> <laughs> that is great advice. So where can people find you online if they want to connect and learn from you about social media and see what it is that you are working on. Yeah. So the best way to get into my world is to check out my free course. You can find it by going to onlinedrea.com slash free, F-R-E-E. And it really, it walks you through a lot of the strategies I talked about today from the framework to the five pillars to growth. Um, there's a workbook that goes with it, um, some mindfulness techniques as well. And it really is the, the best kind of like introduction into the work that I do. Um, and then that will be like your entry point into all of the things. Alternatively, you can follow me on Instagram. That's my platform of choice. I love hanging out there at online Drea. Send me a little DM. Say you heard me on this podcast. I'd love to meet you. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really loved getting to chat with you about this. I think it's going to be very useful for people who want to make some practical steps forward with their social media. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. This has been great. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show.